Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Thrilled today to have on Akira the Don. He is a guy that I actually discovered through some of my students. They were playing some of these tracks that were featuring Jocko Wilnick and and Joe Rogan, and they were mesmerizing because they I felt like I should you know lift weights or run to them. Great audio production, but they had these awesome sound bites that were like really inspirational. You know, kind of like when you see a YouTube video of, of kind of inspirational thing, but these were set to really awesome audio tracks. And I was kind of mesmerized by it. And so when I started digging into his work, he was featuring people that I really, really liked. You know, like Jocko, like Joe, um, and, and probably my favorite, Joseph Campbell. So uh, I reached out to him and was thrilled to have this podcast. And this is one of those podcasts that I often forgot that I was having a podcast because I was having such a wonderful conversation. He is authentic. He does great work. He's humble. And he's working with some of the coolest people out there. So um, if you listen to this, give it a share, but also check out his, you know, Spotify, SoundClouds, whatever. At the end of the episode, he also kind of talks about more places you can find his work. But I really think that you're going to enjoy his work. And I, I certainly hope that you enjoy these conversations about music, uh, meaning, and uh, education. So thoroughly, thoroughly interesting. So enjoy this one, Akira the Don. All right, now I am joined by Akira the Don, someone that I have just like, okay, let me just start off by this. I fell into your pit of, nuh-uh, somebody put a Joseph Campbell audio to music, and then it was Jocko, then it was Joe Rogan, then it was, I mean, like, a, thank you for, hey, let's just start. I'm like fanboying a little bit because I really have, I like, really have gotten into your stuff. So thank you, Akira, for being on the show. John? <laughs> How did all this start? Well, I've always done it. I realized I've always done it. As long as I've been making music, which is pretty much as long as I remember. I don't remember pretty much anything before the age of seven. At the age of seven, I made my first sort of music and I was and I, like, I, we did a thing in music class and I sampled a bit of a news speech of someone going, war is breaking out in Eastern Europe. And I was sort of pressing a button, making it do that. I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and I've always been a big fan of hip hop and hip hop has the noble tradition of the skit. Mm. So you, you have the beginning of a song and sample a bit of, uh, you know, John Kennedy giving a speech or, something of that nature. So in my very earliest uh, mixtapes, I would be having things like that, but I would kind of extend them to like song length. Mm. Like a rap song, which I'd be rapping on. And then the next track would be like Jack Kirby talking about the source for three minutes over a beat. Yeah. So I've kind of always done it. Also, I remembered that I left school when I was 16. The last thing I did, the last exams I did, the only revision I did was to read my notes over ambient music and play it as I went to sleep. And that worked very well. <laughs> I've been aware of the power of music plus uh, information as a powerful delivery mechanism since very, very early days. Wow. So, Actually, so I, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but I remember a couple of things. So when you, when you said that, like uh, Paul Hardcastle did the song called 19. No, 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 19. Okay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. 
and and yeah, I mean, like there's been some great songs that they'll sample things. Well, heck, Living Color, uh, when they did Cult of Personality, opened up with with a quote, and then you know, and I think opened up with Malcolm X and ended it with with John Kennedy. And so yeah, I mean, like I, I'm totally picking up on that. I, um, I used to read my dad's music magazines, and he had this magazine called Vox, and they reviewed that Living Color album. And it was that period because it was like uh, Ice T had Original Gangster out. And Guns N' Roses had Usual Illusion, and that had some samples. Mm, yes. Honestly, had an album that had a bunch of samples in it. And Manic Street Preachers, who I really loved, had an album that was like half samples of that nature. So I always just loved that sort of collage sample aesthetic, that way of bringing in different ideas and different voices and stuff of that nature and, and, and turning the non-musical into the, the musical. Yeah. No, I... I it's funny. I um, <laughs> a use your illusion. You're talking about uh, Civil War uh, with the uh, opening from uh, what? Wow, what movie is that? What we got here is failure to communicate. Um, yeah, I didn't even know it was a sample from a movie. I thought it was recorded. Cool Hand Luke. It was Cool Hand Luke. Oh, I need to watch that movie, huh? There you go. No, you should. Uh, that and I always remember when I was a kid uh, when Weird Al Yankovic just came out, and that was the first time I was like, wait. You can do this for a living, because 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 as a kid, that's all I do, right? Because I, I I think the um yeah like as a, I'd listen to songs and then you'd make up your own lyrics to it and being eight years old or nine years old you'd always go and you'd make them silly and then when I heard like a surgeon come out I was like this man is the and actually he is a genius by the way love oh just so <laughs> anyway we're fan out so. So when I came across your stuff, like it was, um, it came at a really interesting time because number one, I'm desiring content. Actually, you you have this perfect storm. You have great, and I'm not saying this because you're the guest, but you have great music production skills, and you're giving people bite-sized motivation in a day and age where we want bite-sized. You were like the vine meets. SoundCloud meets inspiration. And so I've talked to a couple people and they're like, yeah, I've got that on. You know, I, there's people on treadmills right now listening to one of your Joe Rogan songs or God forbid Jocko, because every time you listen to Jocko, you feel like you could just tear through a wall. Um, so I, I, I really dig how you did that. But what attracted you to those personality types in the beginning? Like, because they're, they're somewhat, I'm sure you're not pleasing everybody by the people you chose. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Oh, I wish you could see the visual of your reaction um, on this podcast. But like, uh, yeah, like what made you chose? And by the way, who did you start with first? Like who was your first sample for stuff like this? Like I said, I mean, I've, I've been doing it forever. But like when I realized that it was its own thing uh, was with the Jordan Peterson stuff. So I had done one song that sampled Jordan Peterson called Be a Plumber, uh, in which he talks about like the sort of virtues of, uh, of doing a job and doing it well. You know, picking a, picking a profession and just being really good at your job. And I'd, I'd, I'd been DJing and I was three in the morning. I got back in from DJing. I put YouTube on, which is what I used to do. And uh, Peterson comes up in some speech and he's talking about 
be a plumber, but be a good one. He's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to be messing things up. We don't need people out there causing problems. We need people to solve problems. I was like, oh, that's a great sample. I'm going to turn that into a song. And uh, it was really good. And then I was like, huh. I keep hearing Jordan Peterson saying cool stuff that would sound good in the song. Maybe I could do a whole full-length thing. So I did, and it was very popular. I was like, huh, this is a, this is a brilliant thing mm-hmm. stumbled upon. And then it was like, then I started developing um, the universe idea, the idea of the meaning wave universe. So I was like, I, so if I can integrate these big philosophical ideas via by combining them with music and listening to them repeatedly, and then that works for my listeners, then I could do that with anything that was useful. So then you're like, well, what do we need? What's useful? And I was like, I think it was Plato's idea of uh, the ideal citizen being the warrior philosopher, right? Because usually you have, you know, a philosopher person and they'll be, they just think about aspects of the mind and they uh, aren't focused on the body. So, and then similarly, you'll have like the, the soldier type person, but they're not thinking though, like the, those cliches or whatever. So it's like, you kind of want to integrate everything. So people like Jocko, Jocko embodies the spirit of the uh, sort of Marcus Aurelius-esque philosopher warrior leader type. And that's very important stuff in his, what he talks about. And then Rogan has a more everyman version of the sort of physical mixing with the uh spiritual and philosophical and then you've got david goggins who's like this goddamn warrior monk archetype he's like that lone monk out in the desert just on his own you know just like cain walking the earth for a hundred years type thing you know you've got alan watts he's like uh you know this sort of playful side of a uh, sort of spiritual philosophy he's integrating eastern knowledge into our toolkit. Peterson, I was thought was kind of doing for Western uh, spiritual ideas, what Alan Watts did for Eastern ones. So it's the idea was to bring together all of these things that would help the listener become the ultimate version of themselves in their lifetime. And that's, that's, that's what the whole thing is. So it's like all these different aspects of uh, the, the ultimate useful human and pulling them all together in a way that can be integrated. Wow. So, um, no, I love that. And, and, and it's funny, like, the way I discovered it, I didn't know that was the order. So that's interesting to hear. I, I think, like, a lot of people... And, 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 I mean, Peterson was the first, yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, I think, like, a lot of people, I discovered Rogan... I'm sorry, I discovered Peterson through Rogan. Um, just because, like, Joe Rogan darn near made that... Not darn near... Joe Rogan turned that guy into a household name. Um, now, mind you, I know that he was trending on his own, but Joe Rogan was the first to say, why, why, why do people despise you so much? And when the guy would have just regular, <laughs> well, I mean, because like, I, like, like if, if you just, right, if you just looked at quotes and looked at people, how they react to him, he's the devil. And you're like, wait, but I listened to an interview and I, and, and watching some interviews, and I, and I started falling into that, that um, I'm interested now, I want to listen. And then when I started to, then I, because then I came across your stuff because of Joe Rogan, then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, because I had, ironically enough, I had interviewed Jocko, actually he, that was super great. He, he talked to, um, I had my 
as a teacher and I had a classroom full of students and Jocko did the interview and the students got to ask him a bunch of questions and he was, he was Jocko. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. It was so cool. But, um, so I started like looking at some of these people that you were featuring and like, dear God, I don't, you're right. I don't think there's anybody more. Into, I, I actually, I used to think there was nobody more intense than Jocko Wilnick. And then I got introduced to David Goggins and I was like, oh, there is. He's insane. He's insane. But so, but you, you have, without a doubt, you, you're, you're dropping music for people that are both inspirational, but also somewhat controversial. What kind of feedback or flack have you gotten from that? Oh, no. Do you know, it's, I get literally hundreds of messages a day uh, from people saying, thank you. You've changed my life. You, this, that, stuff of that nature. I was on heroin and now I've got business, stuff of that. Like every day, hundreds of messages that are of that vein. And like once in a while, someone will go, ah, Nancy, or something. Like I'll get the odd person, be like, some, someone got really, I don't actually, I don't even, I don't want to give them any, any power. But yeah, like a few people, a few ideologically possessed people were very upset. Particularly, there were some people who were like fans of mine from the old days who just didn't understand how the me that they loved could be doing stuff with the evil boogeyman Jordan Peterson or the evil trained killer Jocko Willink or uh, who else don't they like? They're the ones they don't like. They mostly like people. Everyone loves Alan Watts. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves Alan Watts. Uh, no one will say anything bad about David Goggins in case, like, you say his name three times and he appears behind you. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone say a bad thing about David Goggins. I think everyone's just terrified of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think that he's also been the most, like, I don't care if you do. And if you do, uh, yeah, he's, he's blunt, man. He's blunt. What if you a dick and not left this country? That's fine. Do you. <laughs> <laughs> um... Scott Adams really, I did one song with Scott Adams that really upset a bunch of people. Mm. Um, Scott Adams, the song, he was quoting Norm MacDonald and Norm MacDonald had this thing where he was like, yeah, people think that life is a battle of good versus evil, but it's really a battle of good versus good. And his point was that like, no one sat there thinking, ha 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 ha, I am evil. I'm going to do this evil thing. Everyone thinks they're the good guy. Everyone's coming from a place of thinking they're good. So it's like, a bunch of people who think they're the good ones at war. That was his point. Some people misconstrued that. And then other people just really don't like Scott Adams because they think he's a, a cheerleader for Donald Trump uh, because they find it difficult. I don't know, people, yeah, people are just finding it difficult at the moment. A lot of people's brains broke in 2016. And, yeah. Have you reached out or tried to do uh, a song with somebody a little bit more representative of the left? Um, I don't, well, A, I don't think in those times. I'm because I'm good. I'm, I'm interested in finding the finest minds mm. on spectrum of things that we need as individuals to integrate in order to be useful in the world. I'm not concerned with politics. Politics is downstream from culture, as is most stuff. So I'm involved in culture. Um, some of the people that I've done music with could be considered to be, some people would say they were on the right. 
I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't think Peterson's right wing, for example. No. I don't think, uh, Jocko's not interested in politics. David Goggins isn't interested in politics. Alan Watts wasn't interested in politics. Like, not, so, yeah. And, you know, I did a song sampling um, Noam Chomsky recently, actually. Noam Chomsky would definitely identify as left person. I did a song uh, called Free Speech, sampling him, where he's talking about the either you believe in free speech or you don't thing. I thought it was an important message to be coming from someone like him specifically. Yeah. This weird period. Well, well here, here I am being guilty of something I was about ready to criticize in the sense that I'm like, have you looked for somebody on the left? And you're like, well, a lot of the people that I'm talking about, it's just that there is this desire to what side are you on? And yeah. I, I liked your response because <laughs> it's funny because I'll go to a meeting and like if people ask me what affiliation am I? I'm like, I'm, I'm a libertarian. My side never wins. But that is, but then you'll get people saying, oh, well, libertarian is just a, a scared right winger. I'm like, no. But then some of my more right wing friends are like, so you're a liberal because you believe in X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, why the desire to label everything? Uh, and it's also funny because I remember in the 90s, no one wanted labels, right? We, we, the, 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 the you know, it was, it was cool to not have labels and to not put people in boxes. Now, the only thing we're, longing to do is make sure we put people in boxes and make sure they have their identity um, solidified. And, and so I, I just caught myself. I'm like, yeah, you interviewed some people on the right. And you're correct. Uh, the last time I listened to Jocko was on Joe's podcast. Like he's like, people don't know what political affiliation you are. And he wants to keep it that way. So kind of dig it for that reason. Um, who, who's, who's, I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I have, core principles which I've always held and at one point in my life they seemed to place me on the left-hand side of certain political arguments or whatever and at other points in my life they've put me on the other side but those principles have remained and uh yeah so that's all I care about I think you know a man should have a code and uh the yeah po politics really doesn't interest me it's it's a very fleeting and transient thing and like I said, it's downstream from culture and, and culture dictates what they do. And you can see this right now because all the uh, all these left political parties in the Western world are losing elections left, right and center because they've embraced a platform of lunacy that is preached by 12 psychopaths on Twitter that they think mistakenly. <laughs> of a large amount of people, but it's not. It's just 12 noisy mental people on Twitter. And the only, and that's because they're not, you know, the, the, the left, the, sorry, the Labour Party in the UK just had this massive ass whooping. It is because they're pandering to 12 noisy weirdos on Twitter and have completely abandoned their actual base uh, because they've got it confused because it's downstream from culture. Because the, what they're seeing in the cultural representation magnified via this distorted social media lens has given them a completely wrong idea of what's actually going on and what people actually care about and has been disastrous for them. Uh, yeah, and you know, all that stuff is transient. Like I said, I'm trying to help people be great in this lifetime and life is yeah. long. No, I love that. No, I love that. So um, one of the things that we 
try to, so I, I run a foundation where we try to get more high school students into what we call an entrepreneurial way of being. We do events where they make reverse pitch competitions to small nonprofits because small nonprofits always need help and they always need new ideas. And so what we're trying to do is make things less political as well. And so, you know, quit complaining online that things suck. Let's get together in a co-working space or a tech, you know, whatever. And let's get together and like brainstorm solutions, like executable solutions. And, and if there's one thing that I've really enjoyed about watching you grow, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is that you seem to have that entrepreneurial way of being. Um, that is to say that you found something that inspired you. Uh, you were motivated by it, but then you wanted to put it out into the public and not just keep it for you. Um, how, how do you inspire others then to have that entrepreneurial way of being? How, like you're hoping your music does what for people? What I am witnessing happening is that people are being, people are able with the help of the music to take a bunch of concepts that uh, previously you'd have had to like go to university or some kind of some kind of educational system for many many years to to learn these things or integrate these things, and people are able to integrate these things sort of quite quickly and easily in found time essentially, you know, while on a treadmill or while on a bus or something, and they're able to integrate these things and and they're able to integrate this spectrum of the and you know I, I kind of work in sort of uh, phases or seasons so i'll have a kind of a, a grand idea and then i'll have a bunch of different people kind of looking at that idea from different sites and then from between those perspectives i hope that people can find their own most useful sort of version of the truth of that situation uh you know discipline was a big one i've had obviously jocko talking about discipline Goggins talking about discipline, Peterson talking about discipline, Alan Watts talking about discipline, all these things. And your discipline is a major factor. You're never going to get anywhere if you don't have radical self-discipline going on. Everything, life works from the inside out. And people have been sold this bill of goods uh, that like, oh, you need to go out there and shout and rah, 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 rah. And there's different, you know, Peterson blew up his version of combating that was clean up your room. Uh, that was his take on that most ancient of philosophical ideas that the world, everything in the world happens from the inside out. Uh, and that the way that you actually change the world for the better is to make yourself into the ultimate version of yourself, which means you are then useful. You're useful to yourself, your family, your community, your very existence inspires others to do that as well. Everybody does that. If everybody makes themselves into the best version of themselves, then all problems are fixed. And obviously not everybody can, but if everybody who can does, then everything is great because then we have resources to help everyone else. And the whole thing uh, sets in motion this snowball of, uh, of that. You know, the old, you are the sum of the five people closest to you thing applies. You know, if you want to be healthy, hang around with healthy people and you'll just have to become healthy because that's the people you're hanging out with, you know. Uh, and we can do this sort of shit now by um, listening to your podcast, for example. 
you can find a bunch of so you can find a bunch of podcasts by people that are the sort of people you want to be like, and they can become your peer group. You know, that's kind of what I've done with Meaning Wave is I've absolutely I want my peer group to be. What are the I, you know who do I want around me? Who are the people who who I want to be inspiring me like mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all these things, and uh, and that yeah. So that's so I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm hoping the music well, that's what I'm seeing that the music is doing for people. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. And and I like that point you made because uh I think that's why I identified with it as well, is that technically, you know, I I'd been interested in the works of some of these guys. And then when it was set to music, then yeah, I mean, truly a lot of times it was on the treadmill. And there are these bite-sized mantras of you getting better. Uh, my, my personal favorite is the, the Jocko, or no, sorry, the uh, Joe Rogan. I don't want to hear that. Oh, the, the, those guys are energy sucks. Get them the, away from me. I mean, like, I love that because it was like those negative people in your life, they're poison. And hey. go ahead. You need to be quite savage with what you allow into your life. And part of it is you need to cut out like poisonous humans in your life. And it's a thing that lots of schools of thought and lots of philosophers and lots of people have said. Rogan just puts it really in a really uh, visceral and <laughs> show. Yeah, only the way the joke had right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, like, okay, so now, okay, so this is <laughs> these guys started getting back with you. What was that? Who was the first, and what was that like? And did you just completely crap your pants? Because I can go ahead. Uh, Peterson, really. So, it was quite, it was relatively speedy. And uh, I did that one song, then I did JBP Wave One, which was this hour long mix. Nowadays, I make full albums and I produce the whole thing. And I kind of, I've kind of, I was working out the art form at that point. So I was like, do a mix and some of the bunch of different beats. Some are some people's, some of my like chop up bits of audio over the top. I've, I've now I've refined that into a thing where it's like, full-blown songs with choruses and albums and overarching themes and that type of thing but that very first mix uh he tweeted that someone sent to him and he tweeted it and he said akira the don's put a lot of work into this <laughs> which is a funny funny thing to say and uh yeah then i hit him up and asked him how he'd feel about me making an album based on 12 rules for life which at that point just existed as interviews talking about it. And he, to my surprise, wrote me back immediately and said that he thought that would be great and uh, he loved what I was doing. And, da, 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 da. and, and then is that where the soundbite of he's got clout or was that, or was that some, was, was that just a soundbite when you have your intro, he's got clout. Was he talking about you specifically? I think he was. Oh, good. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so he okay so then, then who who came after that um, who's personally reached out to you it was jocko yeah it was jocko but what's great now is it's now it's got to the point where um for example i'm doing this joseph campbell album and uh i had like a list of stuff of people that i was doing and wanted to do and like a storyline i was going at it was leading the the first sort of era was leading up to joseph campbell you know, a lot of what Jordan Peterson's doing is hero's journey. It's it's a continuation of uh, of Campbell's work, and Campbell yeah. was, had basically worked out a lot of what Young was on about, 
of what Carl Jung was on about and a lot of what Alan Watts was on about and they've managed to sort of contextualize those things. Uh, you know, Campbell was a crazy genius and Campbell spent his uh, five years in his 20s reading three books a day. Like in, he like rented some, some cabin in Big Sur or something and just sat there reading three books a day for five years, you know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I had Joseph Campbell that I wanted to do and um, then his foundation reached out to me and said, oh, we've, we love what you're doing. Uh, if you'd like to do anything with Joseph Campbell stuff, that would be great. I was like, well, that's, fu- that's perfect because I actually wanted to. So now, yeah, so it's, now that seems to be happening quite a lot. It's like people that I'm interested in that are now hollering. Wow. So as a person that, yeah, it's Joseph. Matter of fact, probably the class that I like was dreading the most in my college years, uh, my sophomore year, I had to take this mythology and world religions class. And I'm like, uh, and uh, that is where I dove into. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's where I did a complete about face. And and I've been, I see, well, like, like a lot of people that are devout uh, of Joe, you see Joe's work in everything. Uh, of course, and he'd be the first to tell you it's not his work. He just simply pointed out. He just simply pointed out the archetypes and and the the hero's journey. And yeah, so the fact that you're doing stuff with with Joseph Campbell quotes is uh, is is amazing. So other other than Joseph Campbell, what who else is on your radar? Who who do you find intriguing? Do you either want to collab with or or pull quotes from? Oh God, there's a million. This yeah. Thing. <laughs> I got like a decade plan. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a lot. And I don't want to say anything, talk about anything that I haven't done yet because I don't like, I learned over the years. That's just the smart thing to do. <laughs> whether it's like talking about things can jinx things or not, or whether they can do the opposite, I don't know. But uh, I tend not to talk about things until they exist. I felt I'm annoyed. I was kind of annoyed that I spoke about the Joseph Campbell thing because that seemed to to happen. I was like, making the album and I was uh, posting behind the scenes footage of working on it and stuff. And I was very excited. And then I made this whole album, which is by far the best thing I've ever done. And then it turned out I couldn't release it because a lot of the audio, the audio I'd used was owned by someone other than the Joseph Campbell foundation. And they neglected to tell me that there was some stuff that was off limits before I started the project. So I have this whole amazing Joseph Campbell album. That's by far the best thing I've ever done that, can't be released so i'm making a new one right now and i'm halfway through the new one and part of me is like hmm i wonder if i'd never mentioned that i was doing that if it would it have worked out differently who knows you know just being a fan of joseph campbell i almost want to tell you that first failed album was absolutely you crossing the threshold and you uh achieving uh, rebirth and and that you're going to head to a new status quo so uh that's exactly right I mean, it's literally happening, right? It's like, there's a lot. Of so I'm trying to work on this new Joseph Campbell album and then my whole fucking computer blows up, uh, essentially. And I've had to uh, completely start from scratch with my studio computer music production setup. So I've been doing that the past couple of days. And then like yesterday, I find out my time machine backup didn't work for some reason. It did work and then it decided to disappear when I re-plugged it in. And then my cloud backup also didn't copy the core <laughs> of the machine. So I'm having to kind of start anew. But that feels good. That's like, oh, okay, so this is going to be 
lead to some cool new shit because I'm going to be forced to do things in a different fashion. I'm building like a new sort of tent, a new um, canvas and uh, what's that thing that painters paint on? The thing that Bob Russ is dabbing his brushes on. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's like I've got to, I've got to build a whole new thing of that. Right. Because that's going to be a whole new thing. And every time you do something like that, it forces you to level up in a lot of ways. So, yeah, you know, you shouldn't, I, sh I should stop being surprised that every time I do one of these records, like a whole bunch of what's going on within what's being said infects my whole life. <laughs> no, I, I like the, the fact that you're finding meaning in that, especially as you're like, well, it's all part of the hero's journey. And which, by the way, uh, who's your, who's your sage? Who's your mentor? Or is that why you're, is that why you're paying homage to all of them? never had one consistently it's always um the times call forth the speaker or you know the times call forth the the teacher so i've had many and uh many over the years and many uh, at once and that's part of what i'm doing is integrating a lot of those things and ones from there are people from earlier on in my journey who i'll be bringing in later on people who were important at different points and people who are going to be increasingly important as we move into this new shift that I've been calling the neo-psychedelic era or the neo-psychedelic, what was I calling it? The neo-psychedelic wholesome age. Yeah. Cause that's where we're going. We've had, mm. we've had, we've been in this, you have this seven year pendulum culturally swinging between sort of punk and hippie essentially. And we're reaching peak punk, dark, nihilist, etc. next summer and then swinging back to psychedelic sort of light, etc., and so a lot of people that I was interested in fourteen to eight years ago will be coming back into prominence and in a much bigger way. And you will see people like Alan Watts becoming really, really popular over the next few years. And you'll see a lot of the work that people like Tim Ferriss have been doing becoming powerful and important. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, he was kind of on my list. I was like, I'm surprised you haven't done some some Tim Ferriss stuff, but uh, I won't jinx you. I won't jinx you. Um, well, I, I think it's also where uh, we'll we'll kind of end this on is that you know, well, first of all, thank you for uh, like, like right before we were supposed to do our interview, she's like, hey, your secretary is like, can we switch it to like Wednesday? His everything just blew up. So that's my wife actually. But um, <laughs> sorry. <It's, laughs> Either way. That's my wife. But she was right. Everything had blown up, but I got everything working just in time. Bam! So that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. So one last thought. You'd mentioned that you had some teachers and you had some uh, mentors throughout your life. One of the things that we had uh, exchanged back and forth in email is, is uh, the current state of education. Clearly, you, um, creativity and you are friends. Uh, were you able to foster that in your school days? And do you have opinions on creativity in, <laughs> in creativity in schools now? <laughs> well, I, I fucking hated school <laughs> and left at the first possible opportunity. And everything I do is as a result of self-teaching. I like taught myself everything. So let me just point this out. Let me just paraphrase this. You love learning, but you didn't like school. Yeah, hey, I always loved learning. 
and actually my mom homeschooled schooled me for a few years like till i was like seven and uh she taught me like a lot in when i was very little that then i sort of carried with me like she was teaching me like shakespeare and shit like that when i was like five six seven. well she ruined you that's i i've talked to a lot of people that were in montessori right yeah. and then when they got to like sit down shut up desk and rose and which by the way everybody's got their own journey i'm not bashing all of education but a little bit of time for that create like everybody needs to know how to read and write and do simple math but i hear this so many times and this is why i enjoy interviewing creatives is that they weren't well you said it best you loved learning you've self-taught there's a certain things that you had a low tolerance for and therefore they had low tolerance in you i was just listening to freakonomics the other night and this guy was talking about basically undocumented innovation because a lot of times innovation is documented if it gets a patent and it goes to market but they've done this study on how like the mountain bike was tweaked and and basically set forth by a passionate community and then it was taken credit for when the when it hit the market the guy did a study and he says the places they find the most homegrown innovation are in the places that don't adhere to obedience so therefore good boys and girls we're lacking in innovative skills. And so when I hear you and people that I've interviewed, they're like, yeah, school wasn't for me. And yet they're all brilliant. No, the irony of that is, is hilarious. Go ahead. The school system was set, was set up very specifically to create people who could work in industrial England, like manned machines. And it hasn't really changed much since. So it's specifically set up to foster the opposite of what you're talking about here. It's not set up to foster creativity and, and ingenuity and entrepreneurship it's set up to foster uh, a, a very subservient servile uh, obedience sort of person who'll do what they're told and, and just execute little little habit loop, little loops of functions and you know so that's not really very useful anymore in in the world that we live in now which is why we're homeschooling our son currently and and you know the the whole educational landscape will be very very different in ten years, and and it'll have to be, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. And I think this is one of those things that when people say, people sometimes are hopeful when they talk about, well, the politics will change, and the cynic in me is like, nope, no, it won't. The educational system must change. I, I think this is where we're getting closer. Education, I mean, the same thing that happens in the music industry is happening to everything. And I was in the music industry as a music journalist when I was like a teenager. And uh, so I watched this all fucking happen. And what happened to the music industry uh, is happening now to the movie industry and the TV industries. Uh, it's happening to politics. It's happening to the education system. Uh, the sort of the gatekeepers are being removed. Uh, the core, what you'd go there for, is being put inside the internet and made made, av made available to anybody. You can learn about anything you want pretty much online already. And those sorts of systems are becoming more and more sophisticated and more and more people are creating ways of educating yourself using the internet. And sometimes that's in groups and sometimes it's individual, individually or whatever it is. But the internet... Uh, is going to fix education completely over the next decade. I have no doubt about that. 
if my 10 year old son were here to <laughs> standing here, he'd go see dad, uh, you know, being the son of an educator, he has to get good grades, but kid like people meet him and they're like, man, your son's so smart. I'm like, it's YouTube. He <laughs> watches a lot of science people on YouTube. He watches a lot of, and so, yeah, he, he struggles sitting still. He loves learning, but he in school struggle. How old is he? 10. Okay, yeah. My boy's six. And yeah, he's, he goes down these little YouTube wormholes of like fucking Mariana Trench and like ancient Egypt and sea creatures. And <laughs> really interested in science and maths and numbers. And he's teaching himself. He's learning to code via Minecraft. He's learning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want to create a portal and throw my friend through it. So I'm learning to code. He's six, you know what I mean? So it's like, your boy's 10. It's like, what are these little motherfuckers who've grown up with unlimited, uh, the unlimited capability of sort of exercising their imaginations? It's what stuff like Minecraft, that's what that is. It's like, think of a thing, make it exist. And they just assume that's what you can do. Like, every one of these kids has got uh, a movie studio, has got a recording studio, has got uh, the ability to code and program anything they want. What the fuck are they going to do when they're 20? So exciting to me. It's yeah. funny. Uh, yeah, it, we got to get our sons together. I, when, when he his best friend just moved away two months ago, but they're constantly on Minecraft building things and then doing challenges with one another. So it's like they never moved. Exactly the same with Hercules. His best friend moved to Canada and they're, they're playing right now. They like they they play for a couple of hours every day. It's a, that's so cool. And there's a bunch of them now. It's like he's got homies from all over the world. They've got like a little squad of them. They're like these like super friends, and they assemble together. And each one of them like does the thing they're good at to create the thing they all want to create together. You know, they all have their individual superpower. One guy is good at like whatever it is, portals. One guy's good at making big structures. One guy's good at beautifying whatever it is. They just come together. It's a little hive mind all across the world. That's what will fix that problems. You know, we're not like switching off light, fucking lights for six hours or something isn't going to solve any of our problems. What's going to solve our problems is fucking six and 10 year olds who grew up with Minecraft. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure I edit maybe a few of these things and show it to Grant. <laughs> You've got another fan. Um, Speaking of which, uh, by the way, when I say, uh, um, I will say uh, game theory, there's this guy that's caught thing called game theory, and he goes into the most science stuff I've ever heard. And it's always on physics and things on video games. Like they were breaking down the physics of how Mario jumps and like, it was nuts. But anyway, speaking of YouTube and everything else like that, um, I discovered you through SoundCloud. What is the best way to dig into Akira the Don's work? That's interesting. I've really been neglecting SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud is a, is a very annoying platform. I've been on it since 2006 or something. I was like one of the very first people on it. And um, it's just got worse and worse. <laughs> but so given, so that's interesting. So I should keep paying attention. I should keep paying attention to SoundCloud. Because that's where you found it. Um, where I would honestly say wherever is most convenient for people. I try and exist wherever people exist. You know, so if you're on, if you like being on YouTube and that's where you are, you can find me on YouTube. If you a Spotify person, I'm on Spotify. Uh, you know, if you're Apple Music, I'm on Apple Music. 
wherever it is you are, you should be able to find them. What's your number one? Uh, Spotify at the moment. That surprised me. Yeah, we just hit. Hang on, maybe it's more now. It's Spotify is going crazy. We're we hit one hundred and thirty thousand listeners last month. Um, doing like a million plus streams a month on there. Spotify is really kicking off. Yeah, one hundred and thirty-one thousand. 112 monthly listeners on Spotify currently. So that's good. Shouts out to Spotify. Awesome. Awesome. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. And if I'm not where you are, then send me a message via somewhere where I am and point out that I'm not there and I will make sure that I'm there. There you go. You'll get some obscure streaming service you'll never heard of, but you'll get to i said no watch out because you'll probably get somebody getting you feedback from some obscure streaming service you've never heard of but hey you'll you'll reach out well i want to thank you immensely for um yeah breaking down everything i really love your journey i like the fact that you're trying to inspire and not to inspire but get people to have both the the motivational power of music and motivational people that want you to get kicked in the butt and do something and why and and at the same time keep it positive like even though david sometimes can be like get off it like it's motivating and and again from a guy that tries to get people into an entrepreneurial way of being i will say that you got me into just that i would get on the treadmill and i would get after it because i had a lot of things to do and so i value your work uh i value uh what you're trying to you know accomplish in this world and uh thank you so much for for being on the show Thank you for having me.